This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Welcome in to another episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. I'm your host, Jacob Sersosimo, and you're listening on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? we got a good pod for you today. We're going to talk a lot about uh, the U.S. Open and a lot about the players who are playing in it, some of the players who are not playing in it. Recently, noted Rafael Nadal will not be playing in the U.S. Open. He said, this is his quote, He said, after many thoughts, I've decided not to play in this year's U.S. Open. The situation is very complicated worldwide. The COVID-19 cases are increasing. It looks like we still don't have control of it. This is a decision I never wanted to take, but I have decided to follow my heart this time and for the time being. I'd rather not travel. Smart. Dude's got a yacht. Why would you come? Here's the thing. There's a lot going on right now, and I'm going to cover a lot in, in this podcast. But number one, right off the bat, Rafael Nadal is not playing in the U.S. Open. Here's a stat for you. This is the first time in 21 years that Roger Federer or Rafael Nadal are not playing in a Grand Slam. Right? This is the first time in 20. It took a pandemic to make sure these two weren't playing in the same, weren't playing in a Grand Slam. Right? Together. Right? So you know, Roger has been playing in the French Open a lot. Well. Rafa has, right? This first time both of them have it. Mind-boggling stat right there. If you think about it, 21 years, these one of these two has been in a Grand Slam. One of these two, and they both had their fair share of injuries, right? Leg, knee injuries. Um, you know, that's why Fed's not playing in the U.S. Open. If you're not up to date, Federer is not playing for the rest of 2020. He had some knee problems and a knee surgery. Um, but unbelievable. If that speaks to the power of these two in this sport, let 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 that be the benchmark for how this game is played and how this game has been impacted by these two. I mean, tremendous stat by those two. That blew me away. I wanted to start with that because that blew me away. But first, I had to tell you, Roth's not playing it. Two, Alina Svitolina is not playing in the U.S. Open. Ash Barty is not playing in the U.S. Open. Kiki Burtons aren't playing in the U.S. Open. Those are some top 10 players not playing in the U.S. Open. That's big. That's big on the women's side, right? Those are some players that we're going to give, um, you know, Serena Williams, Bianca Andreescu, a run for their money. Side note, Bianca is playing it. The reigning champ does plan on playing in the U.S. Open. Um, but Svitolina not playing in it, that raises a question if Gael Monfils is going to play in it. I know they're together, but they're separate. You know, they have two separate careers. But it raises the big question, if if Alina Svitolina doesn't feel safe playing in it, why would Gael Monfils playing it? I don't know. If I'm Gael Monfils, 
I might not play in it. No, I don't know why you would. Your girlfriend's not playing in it. Is it worth going to the States? Now, let me read you off some stats. And these are from uh, Johns Hopkins University. And these are just some coronavirus stats that I'm going to throw out there from Johns Hopkins. Okay? The United States has just about, just under 5.1 million coronavirus cases. Global, there's 20 million coronavirus cases. So the United States has one-fourth of the cases in the entire world. Now, the United States doesn't have one-fourth the population. The United States doesn't have one-fourth the density, right? But they might have the travel capacity of a fourth, at least, of people coming in and out of the United States, okay? Let me just put that out there. U.S., almost 5.1 million cases. On top of that, 163,000 deaths, okay? Put, get that in your brain right there, boom. 160,000 deaths, 163,000 deaths, and 5.1 million cases. Now, this might be a reason why some of these players aren't coming here, right? Let's scroll down and let's see where France is, right? Total cases in France right now, 239,000. Total cases in France, right? France is smaller, I get it. But still, that is a fraction of what the United States has. Right? I don't even know what that fraction is, but it's a lot lower than what the United States has. And deaths-wise, France right now, a lot lower as well. France is looking at 30,000 deaths, right? 30,000 deaths. Compared, We almost have as many deaths in the United States as France has cases, right? We're only like 80,000 deaths away from how many cases are in the whole country of France. Now, I get it. You, you, the U.S. is a lot bigger, and France isn't. And the reason I'm going to France is because that's where the French Open is. So if you're a player and you want to play in one Grand Slam in 2020, hey, give me one Grand Slam I want to play in 2020. And let me remind you, the U.S. Open is my favorite Grand Slam. It's my favorite tournament, okay? But if I'm a player from overseas across the pond somewhere, it's hard to motivate me to come to the U.S. Open now a big motivation factor for the U.S. Open is how big their purse is. Now, this year, um, the purse is at 95% of 2019. Now, that's a big deal because for it to still be at 95%, the U.S. Open must be okay with money if they're still giving, like the winner is still getting $3 million, right, instead of like 3.8 or something like that. So for them to still be giving a 95 percentile purse when the economy is, you know, not as good as it should be or not as good as it definitely was last year. Pretty impressive by the U.S. Open and the USDA to be forking over that kind of dough for this year's U.S. Open, especially without fans. Now, it might help that Western Southern Open's there, and I don't know how money works, but maybe it doesn't help. I have no idea. But still, they're still giving a 95 percentile purse of the year before. So that was just kind of facts about the U.S. Open, right? I'm just going to give you – I just gave you some facts about coronavirus around the world. Now, you can make your own judgment whether you'd play it in it or not, and it definitely depends on how much you're willing to play, right? And it definitely depends on your money status, right? A lot of these players don't just have money grown on trees, right? They're not, not, they don't have these huge endorsement deals that, you know, Rafa has and Roger has and all these players that can afford to do that, right? So – Yes, of course, some of these players really need to risk it and get over there and play some tennis. Now, I also don't know all the guidelines that are going to be happening at the U.S. Open, right? They might be so safe that it's a no-brainer to play in it. It could be. Not sure. What I've heard is they're going to stay at the airport, which I assume is LaGuardia, and then they're going to bus or take shuttles or 
not necessarily those, but private transportation from the airport hotels straight over to the USDA campus. So, um, yeah, maybe everything's going to be clean. I don't know, but I think some of these players are just not willing to risk it all. And to be fair, I haven't seen a statement by Novak Djokovic yet. So for now, he is still playing in the U.S. Open. Now, that that was a big thing. And I, I want to talk about a little bit how Djokovic is playing in this U.S. Open. So uh, on an interview that Kyrgios did with the Today Show in Australia, um, I'm going to reference it a little bit later, but here's what I want to say about it. He goes, I assume Rafael Nadal's not playing in the U.S. Open, so he can prepare for the French Open. And this is what I've talked about in prior podcasts is he might be waiting for the French Open. I don't. If you're Rafael Nadal, you're looking to get one major this year, right? Especially with everything that's going on. Let me just get one major and tie Roger Federer. We're going to go into 2021. Guns a-blazing both at 20 Grand Slams, right? Your best option to do that, French Open. Why get tired the same month playing a Grand Slam the same month as the French Open if all your real focus is to win one Grand Slam, right? You have a better chance at winning the French Open. Now, if Novak Djokovic plays in the U.S. Open, my understanding of that is he's going to go for one more Grand Slam in 2020, and his best option is U.S. Open. Whether he plays in the French or not, it doesn't really matter, but if he does play in the French, it's bonus if he wins the French, right? Try to knock Nadal down or, you know, try to win the French Open, but his main focus is going to be one Grand Slam in 20, or one more Grand Slam in 2020. He'd be happy to leave with two Grand Slams, I think, out of three in 2020 and win the U.S. Open and Melbourne, the Australian Open. So, um, that's my outlook on that. That's how I think they're going to do it. Let me go back to Curios in Australia. Nick Curios was on the Today Show in Australia talking about how he's not playing in his letter, um, Dear Tennis, on Un- Uninterrupted, which I heavily touched on last podcast. If you're listening to this one and not the last one, you're going to want to catch up on the l- last podcast I had. But he says there's slim to none chance I play in Europe. Um, and he likes to hang out with his friends and family and that's why he's not really playing in any of these tournaments. He's having too much fun, and he's too safe with his friends and family, and he's really taking this time with them. I get it, and I think a lot, a lot of players are looking at it that way and are going to do it that way. I don't know why you wouldn't, um, but there's also a lot of players who haven't announced if they're playing in the U.S. Open or not that I'm still kind of waiting on, and I really look forward to seeing what they're going to say because I can analyze that all the way up until the U.S. Open starts. So, But before the U.S. Open is the Western and Southern Open, and seeds are out for the Western and Southern Open, um, formerly known as the Cincy Open, okay? Um, Well, these seeds are a little dated because of some players have dropped out, some players haven't, but this is going to be the seeds as of July 29th, okay? I didn't get to these last week, I don't think. It'll be number one, Novak Djokovic. Number two is supposed to be Nadal, so I'm going to say, I'm just going to move everybody up. So number two is going to be Dominic Team. Number three is going to be Daniil Medvedev. Number four is going to be Stefano Tsitsipas. Number five is going to be Zverev. Number six is going to be Berrettini. Number seven is going to be Goffin, and we're still waiting on eight. Well, that's a pretty young lineup, if you ask me. Obviously, the, the older guys are out of it, but other than that, Djokovic is the only older one in there. I mean, Gafin is probably the closest to him, and I don't know how old Gafin is, but Berrettini, Sverev, Sitsipas, Medvedev team, I think they're all under 25. So a very young lineup there for the Western and Southern Open. Um, let's move over to the women's side. It's going to be Pliskova at number one. Number two is going to be Sofia Kennan. Number three was supposed to be Kiki Burton, so I'm going to move everybody up. Number three is going to be Belinda Bencic. Number four is Serena Williams. Number five is Sabalanka. 
Number six is Kvitova, Petra Kvitova, and number seven is Madison Keys. So pretty good lineup there on the women's side. Um, they, like I said, they are losing three big names in Barty, um, Burtons, and um, Alina Svitolita. And Alina Svitolita is a big name not playing in this year's U.S. Open, nor Western Southern Open. And that tournament is set to start here real soon. The, the Western and Southern Open is set to start on August 22nd at the USDA National Tennis Center. So keep your eyes out for that. That's here in a couple weeks. The um, players will be at the U.S. Open campus, and it'll be interesting without fans. I'm very, very intrigued to see how this whole thing goes down. Um, I haven't stopped talking about it since everything's been happening. Um, Let me get to some nuts and bolts here. Uh, I just want to end on a few things. Um, The Mutual Madrid Open, that was set for September 13th, canceled. That's a clay court tournament um, leading up to the French Open. That one is canceled. That's something to keep on. On your uh, radar, some of the U.S. Open uh, wild cards they announced. And let me read those. I'm just going to read a couple notable ones. Uh, Andy Murray, obviously, is in it. Uh, Nikashima is a notable name in there. And then uh, J.J. Wolf, one of the players. He played at Ohio State. He's an American. On the women's side, Kim Kleisters. Not a surprise that she is a wild card. Uh, Caroline Dolhide is also a wild card. The American. Cece Bellis is a wild card. Uh, and Francesca Di Lorenzo um, is one of the wild cards. There's uh, eight wild cards on each side, so um, I didn't read them all, but something you can definitely look into if you're really going to look into the U.S. Open coming up here. But like I said, a lot of things can change. A lot of things that I thought I was going to tell you today changed this week, right? Um, the last few weeks, the day I dropped this, the episode, Something drastic has happened. So, you know, maybe something drastic will happen when I drop this episode. Who knows? Stay tuned to my Twitter for that. Roger Federer is 39 years old. That's something else. That's kind of a big deal. Roger Federer is one year closer to 40. So happy birthday to Roger Federer and 39 years old. I'm not going to talk much about it, but definitely something to think about. A couple knee surgeries this year. Let's see how the big fella weighs in in 2020. Um, And then last thing I'm going to end on kind of a happy note uh at the beginning of this year when all the, or when all this kind of went down and they talked about how they're going to go on with the US Open they did originally cancel the wheelchair tournament um how i saw it right they canceled the wheelchair tournament said we're not going to play it well they are going to play it um and it is going to be later i think maybe i got it wrong in the beginning but they are going to play it and um i the field is set you can go on usopen.com to see who's playing in that but uh, wheelchair tennis is one of the things when I worked at the U.S. Open last year that I was baffled by. I mean, the talent and the athleticism of the wheelchair tennis people is second to none. I mean, I had a, one of my friend's dads came out there, and he was a former physical therapist. And I told him, you got to go to Court 17 to watch these wheelchairs. And he's like, okay, I'll make it over there and watch, you know, so-and-so, so-and-so. And I go, you got to go watch these wheelchair people. An hour or two later, we circle back, and he was like, that was the most incredible thing I've ever seen. How do they do it? I have no idea. Um, So hopefully the wheelchair tennis, with everything that's going on in the world, might get a little bit more TV time, and people might get to enjoy it a little bit more. But I'm telling you, if you get a chance to, check out that wheelchair tennis, because it is definitely something special. Thanks for listening today. Um, thanks for li- listening right here on the Believe Podcast Network. If you want to reach out to Believe for maybe sponsorship or any uh, anything else, I mean, they have podcasts on literally everything. You can reach out to them at Believe.com or at Believe Podcasts, both on Twitter and Instagram, B-L-E-A-V. And if you want to reach out to me, topics, guests, anything you want to hear 
from me, you can reach out to me at Jacob Sersosimo. That is C-E-R-S-O-S-I-M-O as a last name. It's also on the description of this show. So if you're watching the show, just look down at your phone and be like, oh, that's how you spell his last name. Yeah, both on Twitter and Instagram at Jacob Sersosimo. Reach out to me. Other than that, we got a fun couple weeks ahead of us here. The U.S. Open is about to start. Tennis is about to be back. And I'm about to get a whole lot more excited right here on Believe in the ATP Tour. And lastly, stay healthy, keep your family healthy, um, wear a mask. And if we all wear a mask and we all follow the guidelines and we all do everything correctly, maybe, just maybe, we can watch a tennis match in person in 2021. We're really hoping so. But for that, that's the episode. Appreciate it. Thanks for the support. And we will see you next week. Take care. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.